0: Inside Syracuse Basketball with Mike Waters Presented by
1: Syracuse.com College basketball is a great thing. Anything can happen. Welcome to the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Waters. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by former Syracuse basketball player Matt Gorman. Gorman played at Syracuse from 2002 to 2007 and was a member of the 2003 National Championship Team. I talked with Matt about fishing with GMAC, dunking on Carmelo, and why he chose to stay in redshirt at Syracuse rather than transfer. Matt, how are you? Good. Thanks for having me on the show, Mike. Oh, I've been, mean, like I said, I've been looking forward to this. I think this is going to be fun because, hey. uh, boy, it seemed like it was just yesterday uh, yeah. when I was, uh, when you were playing at Syracuse or even before that, when you were playing high school ball up in Watertown.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was following your recruitment. Up. We're coming up on uh, the twentieth twentieth uh, anniversary of winning the Section Three championship at Watertown, So it was two thousand one. So it's pretty wild to think it was uh, twenty years ago already. But um, you know, having Manley Fieldhouse packed, and you know,
1: it's
0: wild to think it was already twenty years.
1: That's right. You won the Section Three title at who Do you remember anything about that game? I mean, first yeah, of all, who did we play?
0: We played against Corcoran. So. Um, then we went on and we played uh, Schenectady, and uh, they were they had our, they had us by about twenty points that game. But um, you know we we, we uh, kind of went through the the you know, section three pretty easily, and uh, you know so it was it was a great time. I think it was twenty years ago, and you know a lot's changed since then. No the more Mainly Fieldhouse. That's that's always sad. To see. <laughs>
1: you can't go back to the to the scene of yeah. the championship anymore right. now you know, by then I think you had committed to Syracuse or you knew you were coming. I mean, take me back through your recruitment. What other schools were you really truly interested in and, and why did you come to Syracuse? Well, it was, it was tough. I'd say
0: I had, um, family in, in uh, Bowen Green, which is where Western Kentucky, Kentucky and I had a lot of alumni there. So that was really my, my first option, uh, time I was going to the camps and stuff growing up and, uh, you know, Dennis Felton was recruiting me pretty heavily at the time. Um, so I had gone out to visit Western Kentucky just to see family and would go to their camps, like I said. And then uh, by coming into junior year, a lot of the Big East schools, um, you know, Villanova, Providence, um, St. John's, pretty much every biggie school at the time. A couple of ACC schools, I visited Maryland, I visited Virginia. Um, but, I mean, you, you get recruited by so many schools at the time. You go to these camps and so you go to after, after sophomore year, that, that spring – Um, You know, I had an opportunity to do some traveling for AU. Really got that exposure. Like, went to to Providence, Rhode Island, and just uh, was kind of unknown at the time. And I I just played. Had a great weekend. Next thing you know, you know, the mailman's, like, carrying three times the amount of letters a day. I mean, still when you're doing letters back then. So, all of a sudden, I remember USC would always just send, um, every day, USC, I can't remember. It was like, they just, this poor intern or whoever it was, was just having to write these you know, we, we still want, you know, every day you have something from USC. I always remember that. My mom kept a file on all those letters, and the USC one is, like, got its own its own thing. So, you know, was, but that's kind of where the recruiting started. And um, it was interesting how you know, each program has uh, their kind of own way of you know, reaching out. And, um, yeah, I just definitely remember the letters and just doing, doing the visits and uh, speaking to so many coaches going to camps. Um, but then by junior year, you know, you really just started to, um, develop, get better and better every year and you just develop more physically and more maturely. And then, uh, you know, got the chance to go to Adidas camp. Um, that's where you really got exposed and everybody, everybody was there. You got the exposure um, by going into senior year. There's an up-and-comer named LeBron James, who was already as a sophomore, Mr. Ohio Basketball. So I had the, the, the privilege of being on his team. And I remember um, that summer, we uh, our entirely shut down. The whole camp shut down um, because it was Carmelo versus LeBron, uh, his team, those two teams were going at it, and this, every, everybody stopped and just watched this game going on. And uh, it, was, uh, it was it was something, you know, and you just have all the coaches there that you just see. And somebody in high school, you're still a kid, and you're just looking, to be like, wow, that's that's Mike Krzyzewski, or you know, wow, look at all these coaches, and uh, it was pretty surreal. So, um, but those are those are the ways you get better, and that's why you know for high school kids, it's so important to get out there and play various competition because that's the only way you're, you're, you're gonna really improve so for me that was that was really the main thing over the summer over those courses of the summer was when I really improved and started getting my uh, my name out there but ultimately um, you know having coach Hopkins you know, in, in your backyard um, you know this coach bad everybody was there so it's just but ultimately uh, you know Syracuse being so close and I had the opportunity of meeting uh, Jerry McNamara throughout these various uh, camps and things and uh, once Jerry was committed and I was already becoming good friends with Jerry, I was like, well, I get to play with Jerry, okay, this is uh, this will be a no-brainer. And then, you know, I'll get to, you know, Carmelo. So my class, that class, I mean, I, I was already familiar with these guys playing in various camps, especially with USA Basketball with Carmelo.
1: So, Do you remember any of, your, like, your first or early pickup games as a freshman with Jerry and Melo and then some well, of the upperclassmen? I mean,
0: let me tell you, my, uh, my first pickup game, we were actually it was, it was at Archibald Gymnasium because, uh, manly, something was going on at the, at the gym. So we were just playing pickup basketballs like the first or second day on campus, and uh, Hakeem Wark and I were, were mashed up against each other. And uh, Billy went checked the ball, and I was just having a half court on guard uh, Hakeem. And I'm just, you know, I'm not really paying much attention. And then he, he kind of faked up. And he went back and he spun back, perfect lob up. I go up to jump, boom, dunked on him first first pickup game in Syracuse. And I'm like, okay, I remember now this is this is right after I just saw Key Moore jump over the guy at South Carolina in the NIT game um, earlier in the previous season. So I knew what he was capable of doing, but I, I still, you know, someone that's someone that nimble with that kind of quick bounce. So I was it was caught off guard for a minute. And I got, you know, like it created a couple laughs, for everybody, and I, you know, I had to try and redeem myself, and uh, that—that that was my very first uh, pickup game at Syracuse. Uh, just having a King more you know, get well, get dunk on me, so that was uh, that was pretty funny. Could have been worse. There yeah, but then, the you know, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Then uh, <laughs> you know, but I did, I did. I don't know, you know, well, many people won't remember this, but uh, you know, the, the second day we were back at Manley, and I, I actually caught Carmelo off guard and dunked on him. So I'll always have that claim. Now, he's not able – he's not here to defend himself. He might say he doesn't remember it, but it did. It did happen. It might have just been one-handed, but it did happen. So, but, yeah, those uh, those early memories of, uh, you know, first get down there, you're so excited, and, you know, just like the first practice, you're just – you know, it's, it's kind of surreal. You, you, you know, your first practice in the carrier dome, you're walking out there, coaches coaches there with the whistle, you know, you're like, he's in his tracksuit kind of like with the wear now, but, you know, that, that's when you know it's official, like, this is it, you know, this is a real deal now, you're looking up at the dome, you're, all the Gatorade, you know, all, the, all, like, all the managers out there helping out, I mean, everything, it's just like, well, this is legit now, this is, this is a real program, everything's out there, you got somebody asking what kind of, what kind of uh, drink do you want, it's like, a lemon lime, you know, you know, it's just, you know, there's like all this, you know, this, this was the, the official practice now, so it was really surreal.
1: Uh, you mentioned the like first practice, and you know, Beheim comes out in in the sweats or the tracksuit. I was wondering what the the difference between Jim Beheim when he's recruiting you, and then your first experiences of Jim Beheim in a game or a practice.
0: Well, if there's one thing about coaches, that he's pretty. That what you get is what you see for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you know when he was recruiting me, you know. You know, he never was really, really, really enthusiastic or excited. You know, it's just not really his nature, but, um, you know, you definitely weren't getting yelled at at the dinner table when you were getting recruited versus the first day of practice. For, you know, whenever you – if you, the biggest thing, the biggest mistake you make in the first day of practice is you don't mess up on the back of that zone. If you don't – you know, you can't screw up in the zone. So, you know – uh, but in terms of how he recruited versus uh, you know how he coached, there, there wasn't much of a difference. Um, uh, it was you know it's pretty straightforward with everything, um, you know, it, being at the, being at your parents' dinner table versus being in the in the carrier dome. So um, I must say that he's pretty consistent in his personality. <laughs> Take that how you want, but
1: <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um... I was never recruited by him, but I've had yeah. enough experience. to. Yeah, I,
0: think, I think so. Yeah, so it's uh, you know it's pretty, it's pretty. Uh, I think pretty you know it's pretty transparent. So,
1: um, what do you remember most about that that freshman season of yours that that's going to end in the national championship at, in New Orleans? Well,
0: I mean, you, you, obviously that part, but uh, you know, there's a long road to that. I mean, you got we won every home game. You know, that was one of the you know that. That was something that you know some people kind of forget about was that we we went undefeated at home, and uh, we had such a close knit team. Um, you know, we were we had, you know, Quet Dwayne was the you know the sensei, you know, the older fifth year senior, and just kind of guiding all of us young guys. You know, you had Carmelo and Jerry, two freshmen coming in, and just they're they're getting all this you know immediate national attention, making you know national headlines, and um, you know just the team was just so. Um, it just operated perfectly together. I mean, we're, everybody wasn't always you know we're hanging out twenty four seven off the court, but when we got on the court, we just meshed very well. And everybody just had we had a very good vibe, very good. Uh, you know, as a freshman, I didn't know any different. You know, that's what I always say, like, oh, we're not we're, we're supposed to win this every year, right? Right? You know, like, but you know, we didn't understand at the time how how well we were able to gel and how important and difficult that can be. At the, at the college level because you have so many people like, i mean you can, say, you can have a senior just completely upset with having a freshman and you kind of you know have score more points or have more rebounds they could be completely like i'm not doing this or they could throw it could just that chemistry could be disrupted um but we had a mature enough team uh, for everybody to just work together and work within their roles um and we just pushed each other we pushed each other every day in practice like every every practice was tough like you know, they there was never a day where it was everyone just going easy on somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, King, you can ask King, you can ask Carmelo, you can ask Jerry McNeil, Craig Forth. I mean, we we would have you know we did it. We broke down into our groups and our stations. I mean, we were trying, we were going after each other. And um, one of the funny things is you know Roosevelt Blue would drop in every once in a while. You know, and we thought we were being physical in practice, and he's like, "This is nothing." You know, he'd come by and Rosie's like, "Ah, back in my back in my day," you know. Kind of that situation. This is elbows out at all times, but I mean, we were we were going at each other. We pushed each other every day, Um, but there was never any you know bad blood with anything. It was everybody was just business as usual. And that, and we there weren't other teams. I'm not saying there weren't teams like that before, but as that, you know, that different variety of age groups still working together in that that at that time the way we did, that that had such an impact on how that translated over into. To our games. And, um, you know, and I, I just think that it was uh, as a, a friend, as, as three, you know, freshmen, especially Carmelo and Jerry being kind of the, the, the two main freshmen, you know, they, that was just as expected. You know, then we really thought of it as it could be something different. It was interesting.
1: Now, I know you and Jerry were, were friends, close friends, right? Right from the yeah, outset. I think,
0: we, I think we still are.
1: Still. I didn't mean past <laughs> no, yeah, no, tense. But, uh, uh, but, you know, you guys struck up a friendship early, uh, even before you got to Syracuse. Yeah. Um, you know, well, what stands out from him, you know, like, you and in that friendship and everything? Well,
0: it was, uh, you know, we, we we were at ABCD camp together, uh, Adidas camp, and uh, I can remember, like, uh, you know, I'd been fishing a the, the couple days before up on the St. Lawrence River, and there was, like, really bad mosquitoes, so I had, like, Bites all over my legs and arms, and, and, like was, and we didn't know, we didn't really know much about each other, just knew he was from Scranton area, and then we just started talking about fishing and doing the outdoors, and it was like, you know, we weren't even talking about basketball after five minutes we, for the next three hours the entire time we were there. We were talking about fishing, being outdoors, things like that, um, you know, so that was where the the, the connection kind of came from outside of basketball as well, and um, it was having so many shared common interests off the court, as well as on the court, and uh, we both had a very competitive nature in terms of you know basketball and just like who can who can be a better fisherman. I think he he might have me in that category um, as of now, but um, you know but still I'm, I'm you know we're still going to go back and forth and talk about you know fishing and things like that. So um, those are, those are some of the off off the court connection that uh, you know whenever you're, you're you're like okay I'm I'm playing the post this is the point guard. You know, this a guy's going to be trying to give me the ball. So I want to be, I want to try and be his friend. You know, I'd like to get the ball over half. Whenever it comes over half court, I want to be able to get some touches. So you're always, you know, you're looking to pile, take a little bit with the, with the point guard. You know, it's just the, it's, it's a noble thing to
1: do. I've seen a lot of friendships between centers and power forwards and, and the point guards.
0: Yeah, you have to. And when you, you have a bad relationship, playing that post, you're not doing much ball handling. <laughs> better be uh, you. Better be on good terms with those that can handle the ball. Yeah.
1: So. You know, um after two years of playing, and I think you didn't get in a whole lot of games your first two years. Yeah. You redshirted, mm-hmm. and a lot of the guys when you when when players come to college in redshirt, usually it's that very first year.
0: Correct.
1: Why did you decide to redshirt in what was actually your third year at SU? Well, there was.
0: You know, that was that was a big – that's something that was weighing on my mind for uh, – you know, I actually played more my freshman year than my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, freshman year, I came really came in with high hopes. I was top 100 player in the country. You know, I was up there playing with Jerry and Carmelo at all these camps. I was on the same level with all these, these guys that are now playing in the pros. So, for me, you know, it's always tough when you step in that environment because you're used to – like for high school, coming out of high school, I was the go-to guy. You know, that – that was the guy getting the ball. I was the one dictating how we're going to do things. And whenever that changes, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. It, it's a tough um, situation to overcome, especially emotionally. Cause you're just, you're, you're, your ego's damaged, but you're also, you're almost second guessing yourself. So that's always tough for players because then they start to get inside their own head. But you now I was selling myself playing there. I wanted to play there. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was a personal challenge. I mean, there was, there was a, I had plenty of people telling me I needed to transfer. I should have transferred after sophomore year. Did you um, ever consider that? Yeah, I mean, you had to think about it. It was, you know, you have to think about your future and what's going to be best for you. So, you know, you to think to yourself, is this the best option? You know, do I need to consider these things? And um, at the time, I mean, that was a deep, there deeper, deep thoughts, deep conversations with family. Uh, but ultimately the decision was to, to shirt and stay and just continue to work on work on my game there. Because to me, it was, a you know, I wanted to play at Syracuse. I made a commitment to play there. So for me at the time, it was, I want to take this year, just continue to work out, and then get back on that court the following year. And so the redshirt year was was more of just, you know, it was working out, still got to practice. It was a practice every day. Showed up every day. Just got to, you know, just didn't get to playing games. Um, you know, I, I looked at, you know, Akeem Ward was probably not going to come out of the game. And that was the reality at the time. So I think that, you know, I could have, I might have even saw less minutes than I did my sophomore year, my junior year, and then you lose another year of eligibility. So at the time, you know, that redshirt year was really um, just based on my, my ambition to play at Syracuse and to continue on. Um, and it, you know, for the most part, it ended up working out to the, to the following year to my senior year, um, got to see some more minutes. Um, actually got, you know, got in there to play in a few key games, made a few key plays and, um, and then you know, just uh, we carried on into the following year. We we're actually my senior year, fifth year, <clears throat> got in that starting lineup. So that, you know, that was that was uh that was kind of the, that was the goal at the time. Of my thought process. Now you could always go back, I and mean, there's still people to this day who will say you should have transferred. But you know, you can always what are you going to do? And there's nothing you can't go back. So I don't Does
1: regret it, it. Need something to be from the area, and I consider Watertown, the Central yeah. New York area, to to have played at Syracuse and been there all your career rather than if you had transferred after two years and, you know, and I don't know, does it mean something, especially for you coming from Watertown?
0: Yeah, it does. And it's, you know, cause everywhere I go, I mean, this is, this is Syracuse basketball country too. I mean, this is I every, mean, you know, they will have Duke fans here and there because that's just like anywhere, but um, you know, I, everywhere I go in the community, it's Matt, it's Matt Gorman that played basketball in Syracuse. And that's just the way it's going to, um, you know, and it's even more so when, I, when I'm down in Syracuse going anywhere to the mall or anywhere, um, you know, so it's 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 neat to have that and you know that connection to the community and uh, you know, that that recognition. And you know, you can if you go to speak to you know some some younger players, or you go to a high school game, you, know, you, you immediately have people's ear, you're able to immediately walk into a situation, and people will recognize that. So, it does it carries a lot. It does mean a lot to me um, representing this area, um, you know, somebody – because it's not always – not everybody can do it. There has been a ton of tremendous basketball players out of the area that, you know, still tell me to this day that I thought were better than me that said they all wish they would have had the opportunity to go to Syracuse. Um, so it means a lot to me when I, when I hear something like that.
1: Yeah, you know, I wanted to ask you about the 2006 Big East tournament a little bit. Mm. Uh, for two reasons. One yeah. – and let's get this one first. You had one of the most important games of your career up to that point in that tournament run in the semifinals against Georgetown.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: you came off the bench and played a huge role in that yeah. one point win. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, I tried to tell coach at the end of that game, I was like, you know, if this was, if I was getting those many minutes all this time, we wouldn't. this would be a regular thing. But no, it was a, it was a, it was a great, you know, that was just those that tournament was memorable just based on how the games were going how we were finishing them out anyways. Um, but uh, you know, that, that, that game against Georgetown, a lot of people still talk. They'll always be like, oh, remember that, that game against Georgetown? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we you know, we just got in there and get to play. And when we got ourselves. We were in stride. and just came right in and had the flow going, you know, setting some screens, picking and popping. You know, things were just moving well. Um, defensively, you know, we were just all in the right place at the right time. We just had the energy, had the momentum. Um, you know, hit a couple shots when it mattered a couple of deflections or blocks when they matter. So, you know, it's all about the timing.
1: No, 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 no. no. Before you go any further, I got to get you on this one. All right, so you come off the bench against Georgetown. You play great. It's a one-point win, and you got, like, six points. Okay. I know Matt Gorman can get six points if you give him a – especially if he gets yeah. that open three, right? And then you have five rebounds. Yeah. Okay. At, you know, it's 6'9", 240, Matt's going to get a rebound or two if he gets extended playing time.
0: Yeah.
1: You have to explain to me how you ended up with two steals and two assists. <laughs> well, you know, Matt always, remember,
0: hey, hey, always remember a dribble handoff counts as an assist. And when you got somebody like Jerry running around coming off screens, you just you can just stand there, and literally hand the ball off. And you're gonna get that counts. Assist. That counts. It's an assist. Or you just bounce it down, you know. But um, yeah, the steals, the steals. You know they. are the thing about the two three zone, if you're in the right place with your hands out, the ball's gonna come right into your hands. <laughs> Theoretically. So you don't gotta do much. You know, that's, that's the way
1: we're taught. So I, you know thank Coach Bayon for that, you know. You stuffed your line that your the stat sheet, you just filled it up that day. Yeah, yeah. So it was a good game. I mean, you know, it came it came at an important time. So um, didn't you have the steal? That led to y'all's first because y'all had to come from behind in just about every game yeah. in that tournament. Yeah, um, the go-ahead basket, you you had the steal that turned yeah, against, into the fast
0: break. Yeah, Jeff Jeff Green went up for a shot, so and you know, I had a deflection at the end. There was a couple plays, um, but I believe it was one. There was a deflection at the end that I had, and I just led to a, a basket at the other end. So you know, it was just uh, it was a team effort. I mean, you watch that game. I, that game will be on every once in a while on uh, ESPN U, and I'll always tune into it. Just to watch it so <laughs> it's always good to see you know, i get a text message someone will tell me georgetown games on you know so well,
1: you know, I- the other question i had for you regarding that tournament is is basically after the fact we in the media found out that jerry was pretty hurt yeah that he had you know the, the sh- kind of like the hip pelvic version of a yeah. shin splint. what was it like because i know you're you're his buddy mm-hmm. Then i don't know if you guys were even rooming together
0: well, yeah, we were, we were roommates. Um, you know, we lived in the same, you know, uh, apartment. So, um, but Jerry was always, he always had something. There was all, I mean, he was always beat up. I mean, as a, you know, he's not, you know, he'll, he's a smaller guy. I always call him little fella. You wouldn't like to hear that. But, no, he's just a smaller guy. usually, he, he was getting hit. getting fouled. He's getting hit a lot. So, I mean, throughout his career, there was a lot of injuries that he went, he was playing games with a lot of people didn't know about. I mean, there was always something. And especially that that senior year with that with the hip, um, I mean that was I think that was the one where he just couldn't maneuver. I mean there was nothing he could do. His maneuverability was severely impacted. Other things he could just push through, um, but he was always banged up from something. You know that just shows you how tough he was. Uh, what was he was,
1: having to do at the hotel each night during the tournament?
0: So he would have to you know to have to stem the ice everything uh, <laughs> that whole you know the, you know the, the groin area. So it was always kind of funny. Um, I kind of make fun of him for that, but uh, you know, it's it's for a different time. But <laughs> that's but, where Brand Pike um, you know, earns his money, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to I didn't want to have to have that job or you know be in that situation. But um <laughs> yeah, but he was always he was always banged up and uh you know he was tough. I mean he always came back and he played, showed up to practice. I don't think he ever missed practices from being hurt. I mean, we didn't have anybody like that. I mean we, guys played through and it's always always it's always risky to do that. And you want to rest. You want to make sure you're healed. But then if you know, some people want to play, that you know they don't really care. So you know, that's kind of where his mentality was.
1: Was there ever a moment during that four game run in that tournament where you thought, "Okay, overtime against Connecticut, there's no way he'll play tomorrow," or he yeah. plays against Georgetown and you get back to the hotel and he's laying in a bathtub with ice, and mm-hmm. you're like.
0: There's no way he's playing tomorrow. (laughs) Never, never thought that. I knew he'd play. There was never, there's never a doubt in my mind that he wasn't going to play. So he'd have to really be like incapacitated to the point where, you know, it was impossible to play. He lost a limb or something, you know, like maybe, you know, that was the only way that was going to stop him, really. So I always knew he was going to play regardless. Wouldn't matter.
1: There's times when I think back to your game, your size, you know, 6'9", 6'10", with a Really soft jump shot, um, mm. that I thought, boy, Matt Gorman in today's game,
0: yeah,
1: would I mean, you, you yeah. never like, man, I came along, yeah, like, well, you know, it's,
0: it's you always, you know, I look, I look at, you know, how I always look at Syracuse teams. I mean, you know, basically, you can say to yourself, I um, things might have been different if I was on this team at this time, you know, the timing is everything type thing, but um, I think, uh, you know, the, the offense today, I mean, it would have been, it would have been interesting. Cause I really like to go inside my game was inside out you know, I do the baby hook inside post up back to the basket Then I like to step out and shoot when I was when the time permitted mm-hmm. um, so you know it've been interesting for sure um, you know especially with the, you know, the, the team this year's team um, there's a lot of, you're gonna see you're seeing a lot of outside shots um, you know pick and pop is always going to be there um, and then you just see a lot of some a lot a lot of players, haven't developed a lot of their back to the basket moves as much, you know. Some do, some haven't. But um, you know, you can take advantage of those weaknesses as well. So you'd be able to really, um, you know, work that inside-out game more this. I think this year than you know previous years of
1: when I was playing. For sure. Now I, you're the assistant coach up at Jefferson Community uh, College, community college right. right now,
0: right? Yeah. Well, we didn't have a you know due to the pandemic, we didn't have a season this year. Um, doing it for seven years, and you know we. It's it's you know it is it's necessary just based on you know the nature of the circum you know it's pandemic you can't can't have it it's uh um it just worked out that way but um you know you just you just want these players um you know I'm just thinking from every every player any college player um they didn't have a season just hoping that things work out because I mean it's a year of their of their life that's you know, essentially um so you want to make sure that you know it's good to see high school sports come back but um. You know, as a coach, you just want to make sure players are still developing and they're not losing, you know, interest in the game and they're continuing to get better. And so when we do start playing again, you know, they're, they're hitting the ground running so they can develop and then move on to a bigger school or even have a chance to play professionally if it permits. So, you know, as a coach, those are the things you think about. Um, you know, coaching community college, it's very very different than coaching at a four-year school. Anybody who's coached at uh, you know community college understands that. Um, yeah. and you really just have the players there for a couple years at most. So, um, you really want to, you don't really have much time to develop, um, you know, everything, the entire scope of things, I mean, versus a four-year school. So, um, but you want to make sure those players are able to come in, develop, and then help them get to that next, that next part, Another whether it be a four-year school or something else. So if they wish to continue playing. But, uh, you know, coaching, is, it's something that's always going to be a part of me, um, you know, the, the pandemic made it tough made it difficult and um, obviously you know, it's, it's like a, anybody who coaches you feel like a piece of your you know your life has been taken away from you yeah. so you know but it's just it's just you know it's just the way it worked out but um, you know we'll get we'll good things back rolling I think uh, summertime fall and you know, we can hopefully return to, to normal and looking forward to that.
1: Well, the next time you get together and go fishing with uh, Jerry, you think I might be able to find a, a row in the boat? Uh, the...
0: That'd be no, that'd be great. That'd be that'd be an interesting day for sure. Yeah, we'd have to do that uh, maybe this summer. So,
1: well, I think you guys would allow me to bring along a tape recorder in addition to the uh, tackle well, box?
0: If we don't like, if we don't like what that tape recorder is say, we'll just throw in the water. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but um, yeah, I think I think we that'd be fun. It'd be interesting. So. Um, then we can then we can really like you know see who's a better fisherman. You can see who's a better fisherman. So
1: that could be a whole new podcast.
0: <laughs> you could, that could maybe you could do one out there on the water. How about that? You know, so
1: you know, that'd be good. Uh, hey Matt, listen, it's been uh it's been great catching up with you. You look fantastic. You look yeah, like you could still play.
0: You know, I, I I'd like to, but you know, I had the, like I had two ankle surgeries, and that was it. So that's what kind of kept my days from playing. But uh, you know try to just maintain
1: that's try. that's what I say I just try to maintain well you're doing a good job and I appreciate you coming on the podcast this week thank Uh, you for sharing I want to thank Matt for joining me on the podcast today and thanks to you out there as well for listening in please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast and follow all of the Syracuse basketball action this season with our complete coverage on Syracuse.com until next time on the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast I'm Mike Waters